Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In the Pocket Podcast. My name is Kevin Chip Ginyard. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out to rock with us. This show is going to be amazing. We're going to end 2023 on a high note. Thank you for your support this year. We had record numbers in our podcast views and, and subscribers and likes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Please let everybody know now that we're on and that we're going to close this year on a high note. This is going to be dope. Um, this podcast, you know, was created to help people find their niche to help them find their groove and stay in the pocket. So that's why we're here. But before we get started, I just want to take a moment to honor my friend and brother, Aaron Preston Spears. His sudden passing left the world in shock. We are all saddened by his loss. We miss him. We love him. He was a global generational talent. Every 10 or 20 years, someone comes along and shakes the earth and changes the game, changes our approach. And Aaron Spears did that, not just in his music, in the way he lived his life. He was a loving father, loving husband, loving son. He loved God. He carried himself in a, in a professional manner. He was the blueprint for the ideal musician, and he will be missed by all, all of his fans, by his family, and by all of his supporters. So I wanted to take a moment to just honor my friend and brother, Aaron Preston Spears, with a moment of silence. Bro, I love you. I miss you. And the game ain't the same without you. But we know we can take comfort in knowing that you're with God. And uh, we send our prayers and love and support to his wife and his son. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Rest in peace to my brother, Aaron Spears. Thank you for your contribution to music. Thank you for being a good guy. Thank you for being a friend. We'll never forget you. This episode is so special because I got my homeboy in the house. I'm from a little state called Connecticut, but in Connecticut, we are full of amazing talent. And you can't mention the name Connecticut to anybody who's a music fan and not think of the Powell family. That's right. Pastor Hubert Powell and uh, Lady Jacqueline Powell, Pastor Powell, gave birth to three amazing superhuman sons. And the firstborn is here with us today. H. Doobie Powell is my guy. He is the inspiration, a lot of inspiration for a lot of us in Connecticut and to the whole world. Doobie Powell, as you know, or if you don't know, is a producer, engineer, artist, and keyboard player. He does everything and he can consult your album as well. He can help you pick the right songs and produce your record as well. He's the dude, he's a hundred percenter. He can write the song, play the song, and perform the song. He, he can do it all. He don't really need nobody, but he chooses to work with other people. Doobie Powell is a legend from my hometown. I'm honored to be with him today. Um, he's a generational talent, like I referred to, addressing Aaron. Every 20, 20 years or so, somebody comes around and comes along and shakes up the world. And Doobie Powell is one of those guys, one of the most talented individuals you'll ever meet. And he's from my home state, and he's one of my good friends. I consider myself the fourth Powell brother. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been rocking with him for a long time. So please welcome to the pod, my friend and brother from my home state of Connecticut. All the way from the 860, Hartford, Connecticut. Doobie Powell. Doobie Powell. Doobie Powell. Welcome, DP. No, please stop. <laughs> My big bro is here, man. Welcome, What's good, DP. Chip? What up, what up, what up, man? I'm so hyped, man. Um, see, a lot of times I sit down with these other guys, um, and they are my 
you know, my drum heroes, but very rarely does it hit home like this. Um, I made this shirt in your honor, bro. And I don't know if you ever <laughs> saw this, but this is a tribute to how we grew up. Uh, <laughs> and I had to list all of these guys, all of my heroes, and you right there, man. You're right there because oh. you paved the way, you set the tone, you set the bar high, and you you, you inspired a generation, bro. There are approach to music, our approach to keys, our approach to chords, um, drums. So like I just I'm honored that you're here with me tonight, bro. Man, that's a dope shirt, man. I'm I'm honored to be on it. Yes, sir. And and it's time to give you your props, man. I think you're one of the most uh, influential people of our generation. And um, it's time to talk about it. It's time to let everybody know that doesn't know and give you your props while you, you can under, you can hear it. You know, you need to, we need to celebrate more of the living and not just when people pass away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so with that. Let's, let's go. Let's get into it. So <clears throat> for those that don't know, where did the name Doobie come from? <laughs> Honestly, man, I've, I've heard, a few stories of how how I got that nickname. <clears throat> uh, one was they said I used to like to watch Scooby Doo when I was little. Okay. And then uh, the other one was the Doobie Brothers. Oh wow! And and uh, my dad used to listen to them, and uh, which uh, which got me listening to them. Okay. But I think the the I think the uh, main thing was that they just didn't want to call me Hubert. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> you know my my uh, I'm the third. Yeah, third, right? So my grandmother, you know, she called my grandfather Hubert or yeah. Hugh, um, Big Hugh. Okay. And then you know everybody called my dad Hubie or Hubert. Yeah. Um. So I guess they just wanted to find a nickname for me. I know. always thought it was Hubie Doobie. You know what I mean? Like you're, this, you're after your dad. Like it was just the because my my dad called your dad Hubie, and other people called him Hubie. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I thought it was, was Hubie. Like his, yeah, Hubie was like the you know the hip name for him. Yeah, but but uh, you know I guess they just decided. I I really I guess that's how they got Doobie. I don't know. Yeah, but you know that's that's what it's been since I was a baby. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, um, and Connecticut is a small state. Mm -hmm. um, we're the 29th state in population and the fifth smallest state in, in land, right? Mm. In my travels, going around, you know, traveling and on the road, when you meet people, they say, where are you from? You say, Connecticut. What's the first thing they say? Are there, are there black people there? Yep. <laughs> are they, they think it's just farmland or, you know, cows and stuff. They don't mm -hmm. know. And then then they start filtering down. Then they say, um, Yale, they recognize Yale or UConn. They start bringing that up or the Naval base in Groton um, mm -hmm. or, or Foxwoods or Mohegan Sun or stuff, stuff like that. Right. But mm -hmm. when you were with the people from church, when you go to these church conventions and church services, when you tell people you're from Connecticut, there's only a few names that they, 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 they refer to. It's Jonathan DuBose, it's Bishop Moles, Kenneth Moles, and it's the Powells. Yeah. You come from a family that has made a name for itself with our our small state that so many people know your family. Y'all y'all are goaded, man. And I I consider myself the fourth pal. You know, I I, st 
I love y'all so much, man, that I, I I just I study and um from my pinky and everything. Like I just I just was a student, like as as when I was able to drive or even catch a ride, I was at 3200 Main Street for everything you did. Because yeah. you had that even before then. I can remember. All right, I'll take it back. The first time I heard Focus was uh it was uh Uncle Ivan's group. And mm-hmm. it was it was at Bobby Jones. Remember when Bobby Jones came to the Klein Memorial? Mm-hmm. It had to be like 93. Yep. And we so, did commission song that night. Yeah. <laughs> so y'all smashed so hard. It was Joe Scott on bass and, and Uncle I IP and um and you on drums. And mm-hmm. we were there with Ricky Harris and friends with Mike Clemens and Tom Tom and everybody. So it was kind of a reunion for everybody. But I wasn't even on a scene yet. Me, me and Billy were 12 or 13. We weren't even like really playing like that yet. Mm-hmm. And so I literally got to sit in the audience and just as a fan watch you work. And you were like prime, like in your prime on drums then. So like you were just amazing. And like it, it opened my eyes so much to music production, live performance, everything to just see you just get busy in your element like that at a young age. Because you're only like five or six years older than me. So. It just was amazing to something to aspire to, to see you at that height, man. And then fast forward to when I, uh, Second Jurisdiction, had a pre-musical, <laughs> and we were in New Haven on like Golf Street, I think. And Ira and Dr. Noise brought the choir up, and um, we got to play. And it was me and Ira, just the two-piece. And you were there, and Kevin was little, um, and Billy was there, and we got to play. And we did uh, Any Way You Bless Me, Hezekiah Walker. And I did my little Jeff Leslie fills. And I remember I had it on video. And you looked at me and you said, and you gave me the thumbs up. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was hyped, man. And I that's something I never forgot because I felt like I had your, your stamp of approval. I was like, yeah, Doobie said, he gave me thumbs up. <laughs> he gave me one of these. like, you know. And I, I just thought that that was so dope. So you've always had a lasting impression on me, man. Um, I always studied you and, and always wanted to just know your your approach now we get to talk about it so i think that's really dope but like i said 3200 main street was a legendary place it still is and uh your parents birthed some superhuman individuals <laughs> <laughs> superhuman individuals I, I i have it later in the pod but i think god gives everybody gifts he mm-hmm. gives families gifts and i think some families can preach some families can sing some families can just do everything and i think you guys are a special gift from, I mean, all the way from, you know, your, your pops with your uncles and your aunts, all the way down to like B-Boy, Maddie, you know, uh, Cadence and and your son, Little Doobie and, and uh, Zoe, Zoe, like it just, it's amazing how the gift just translates and comes down, man. You want to talk about that? How you feel about that? <clears throat> well, you know, it's, it's a wonderful thing, man. You know, I, you can't ask for these things. You just yeah. it just gotta happen. Yeah. You know, we didn't actually be here. Mm. <laughs> you know, right. but you know, we were blessed to be born into a time not so much just a family, but a time where you know love was strong. Yeah. Wow. Because you know, there's no difference. Uh, in me to you, really, it's just a, a a matter of circumstance and and 
you know, life's yeah. road, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, <clears throat> everybody's story is different. You know, yeah. everybody, everybody's story is unique. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, ours is a unique one because, you know, it all stems from, you know, my pops. Yeah. Any any interview I do is <laughs> it almost turns into, you know, a Hubert Powell yeah. uh interview because it's like I can't I can't speak about me. Yeah. You know, without speaking about him. Of or course. Without including him yeah. in whatever it is I'm talking about because he's the he's he was the bar. Yeah. really responsible for all of us yeah uh, you know my you know god gave us all the talent and the gift mm-hmm. you know and i'm and i'm even speaking of my aunt pinky like yeah you her uh, ivan my uncle mm-hmm. cecil mm-hmm. uh you know and any of the other ones that <clears throat> we all had musical ability you know some chose not to really tap into it and go yeah. other ways but for the, for the majority of us you know my dad was the one yeah he was you know i ain't gonna call him joe jackson but <laughs> he was the <laughs> he was the guy that made it all happen and we all followed his lead you know? yeah and you know like when i was coming up because my dad spent a lot of time you know as the church folks say in the world right <laughs> <laughs> you know, he spent a lot of time, you know, playing the the so-called other music, mm. and and uh, then he brought that with him back in. Yeah, that professionalism. And, yeah, he brought that back with him and brought everything he learned from being on the road. Yes, sir. Playing with all these people, he brought that back along with his geniusness and yes he brought all that back wow and cultivated yeah that and created us yeah and you know we we've been you know which is why it was hard growing up because we were always so different yes um because we you know we didn't do what the other kids did nah we didn't you know I wasn't running the streets. I wasn't doing none of that. Right. You know, I was the kid on the bus listening to Donald Fagan and listening wow. to Herbie Hancock and listening, to, yeah. you know, with my Walkman. You know, yeah. I was the weird kid because, like, what did he, what did he, what is Hubert <laughs> listening to? What is this? You know, I wasn't listening to the Fat Boys and LL, yeah. and you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing what everybody else was doing. So yeah. I was, I, I was 
different at an early age, you know, and that's because my dad was instilling that stuff. When you know, and I tell people in every interview, my dad did uh, something he called the headphone treatment. Okay. And from birth, and and this is no lie, from birth, every night when it was time for us to go to bed, he would put headphones on us. Wow. And that's how we went to sleep. Wow. Lis- listening to all the greats. Wow. Listening to Herbie, listening to Zora's Duke, listening Ooh. to Parliament, listening to this, you know, we going to sleep like this. Yeah. You know, every night as a as a baby until we was able to kind of fend for ourselves. Yeah. But that's how we went to sleep, all three of us. He's literally Maybe giving you the funk. <laughs> from from birth. Wow. And you know, so when we when we grew up, yeah, you know. It's like it's almost like a a, a pack of lions or uh, animals yeah. in the wild. The, the little babies, they they take on yeah the life of the mother and the father. You right. know, just by watching it, just by being around them, mm-hmm. and you know, what I'm saying it, just soaking it up. And once I got old enough, I was able to understand music. You know, what I'm saying yeah. From a different perspective, even though we was in church, even though we still we did we still listen to church music, mm-hmm. but that wasn't our main music. And I he was, was so opening glad. your mind. Yeah, wow. I'm so glad my dad didn't do like a lot of people I hear. They mm-hmm. say they they couldn't listen to nothing but gospel, you know. And <laughs> you know, so I didn't have that testimony, man. I didn't have that testimony at all. My dad had us listening to everything. You're blessed, man, because I had to sneak. (laughs) Like so many many others. Yeah, I had to go to the library and dub tapes and CDs and and make copies. And um, by the time I got 14, I I met Mike Clemens and Tom Tom and them. And they were all on Chikoria and, you know, Keith Harper. You know, rest in peace, Keith. Rest in peace. Keith Keith was always talking about jazz. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, they put me on, Keith gave me some CDs and some tapes, and, you know, that's what started opening my mind to a different approach. But, yeah, you're right. A lot of us grew up, we could not listen to that type of music. Um, and there was nothing wrong with it. It just was the old way, traditional way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it was just that that dynamic is is what kind of cultivated yeah. what we are today, right. you know, because he started, he started this at birth, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and uh, once we got old enough, it was just it was that was a way of life. It's just that amazing was- how y'all gravitate to it because all, it seems effortless. Like uh, I see B Boy playing drums, and then I see Little Doobie, and then I see your girls singing, and it's just it's amazing how and Maddie <clears throat> in the choir and Diamond in the choir, and I just was like, yo. Like even Brandon and Chris and and Josh and and Steny, like it's just the branch of the family, the oil. Like it just like literally goes through the whole family, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Ivan Junior, like I little IP is coming up now. Like he he's playing and singing now. So it's just like yo, the gift. It just it it doesn't have a limit to the family. It, it just runs deep. Yeah, and the and the beautiful thing about it is, it's like a tree. Yeah with different branches right every branch ain't the same right you know what i'm saying it's uh, it 
each branch has a significant place on this tree. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of where we are because even though we all came up under props and and under his tutelage and everything. Yeah. One of the things that he instilled in us, which a lot of people don't really have today when you listen to music or when you listen to what other musicians have gained. One thing my dad instilled was to us, for us to be ourselves and be different and wow. be unique. Yeah, peculiar. And be original <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. Be be yourself. Don't don't try to conform and be what everybody else is doing. Right. Just be what everybody else is, has has be, tried to become. You gotta you gotta cultivate what's in you. Yeah. And, and with that, it allow us to to grab from different things, but still yeah. be ourselves. That's know, dope. Kevin, Kevin, you know, I tell people any day, Kevin is better than all of us. Wow. You know, he can outplay he can outplay me without even trying. Yeah. But the difference in that is as much as he can outplay me, he don't he don't surpass me in knowledge. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And can't nobody beat me being me. No. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you're right. You may be able to play better than me. There's Corey Henry, I can name them all. Of course, but, yeah. But but they can't they can't beat me. No. Me. No. And whatever that is, it may not mean much to them or anybody else. But yeah, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a stand on what I what God has given me. Yeah. And and I'm a I'm gonna take that I'm gonna take that to the bank. Yo, y'all are known for being so like fearless, bro. Like y'all will get up in front of twenty thousand people. It don't matter. Twenty. I've seen you do it and aim yeah. in front of thirty thousand people, and then I've seen you do it at an open mic with with seventy five people in there, and just it's the same level of pro, of pro, professionalism, anointing, like pr pride. Like y'all just get busy. Like it it doesn't matter what you do, and I I know that comes from your dad. Like the sound is just there, man. It, it's it's consistent. Yeah, confidence. I tell people all the time, man. It, Confidence is is more important than your ability. Oof, that's a bar. You know what I'm saying? Because you can be the dopest person and not be confident in the fact that you're the dopest person. Wow. And and that will allow you to be the weakest person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you're confident, yeah. When somebody like Crash Cut can get up and and sing. And have <laughs> right. no and have no fear. Yeah. And don't care what you say. Yep. I done been in the room with Crash Cut. Wow. Now, you know, I'm not trying to single him out, but what I'm saying is we all understand what it is. Yeah. But he don't care. No. Mm -mm. He's not gonna he's stop gonna, doing what he do. Yeah. He's not gonna stop. He's gonna sing. And he don't care if you're laughing, he don't care what. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the confidence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the, he, he got confidence in the fact that he can do what he's doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Y'all have it from the top, from Pops set y'all up. The whole family is gifted, man. All across this nation, people know 
about the Powell family. And I'm proud to say that I know y'all and I'm from the same state as y'all and that I got to spend a lot of time with y'all because everywhere I go, I let people know I'm from CT and uh, <laughs> and Doobie Powell and the Powells are, and, I, and I'm good friends with them. Yes, I say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are dope, man. Um, you mentioned Pops as your as your main influence. Who were who were uh any other influences for you coming up, yeah. growing up? Yeah. Yes. George Duke. Yes, sir. Was you know, after my pops, it was yeah. George Duke. Wow. George Duke, hands down. He changed my life musically. Wow. And you know, because he he had everything. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not other ones out there because like you know Herbie is definitely one mm-hmm. that I Herbie Hancock of course. is is one I listened to growing up heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but when it comes to drawing, uh, what's the word I want to say? When it comes to inspiration and just yeah, you know, sheer just amazement yeah is george duke i look he's gone he's rest in peace but i still listen to him almost every day like 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 he's still here yeah you know because his music was so before it's time yeah that you listen to it now and it sounds like he just released it yeah you know so that and that was something that i i wanted my music to resemble like, yeah, I want you to be able to hear any one of my records twenty years from now and be like, "Man, this right. kind of this sound like it's like we just like it just got yeah. like it just got here, right?" You know, so that's that's something I took from him, man. Because I mean, even up to his last record before he died, it just was like, "Man, how are you sick?" Mm-hmm. You know, Creating. putting music out like this, like yeah. that, blew me away. Right. And, uh, so, yeah, that. George Duke was my guy. Right. He's my guy still. Yes, sir. And, and, and uh, you know, it's, there's some more honorable mentions out there, but those are the two. My dad, yeah. George Duke. So it's no secret you're special. You had a special upbringing being around your dad. He had you exposed to a lot of mu- music and different musicians. Um, at what age did you realize you had a gift or like, this is what I want to do? Um, well, I was playing drums when I was like, I started playing in church when I was like three. Wow, yeah. And, uh, but I don't think it was until I was maybe like, maybe like uh, eight or nine, I realized like, I'm a real musician. Okay. Cause my dad, I don't know if he did this because he needed a drummer or yeah. or what or he was really just trying to cultivate me. I think it was more that he needed a drummer. Because <laughs> <laughs> the drummer he had, you know, quit. Wow. Or stopped playing, or I don't know really know the exact reason why he stopped playing. But yeah. He wasn't playing for my pops no more. Yeah. My dad just started using me. Yeah. And like, I was, I went from going to my grandmother's house while they went on the road mm-hmm. to actually being on the road with them. Wow. 
and traveling all over the country with my pops. And, Whoa. You know, I'm talking about I had a little kid. Yeah. Were you watching it or you able to play? No, I was playing. That's what I'm saying. Like, before I was playing, I was at home. Yeah. They would leave us at the crib with, right. with, with my grandmother or yeah. my, one of my aunts or something. Mm -hmm. But then... I started traveling with him. I was on the road with him. I yeah, he knew. On the, on the on the van, on the bus, Ooh. doing homework, on the way yeah. to the gig, all that type of stuff. Like, and I was like, man, I'm a I'm a real musician. Yeah, that's at, at that age, you know. And I wasn't that good, but I was good enough. Yeah, I was better than some of the drummers he was using. Right. So, so I was, you know, like a. To them, I was like a prodigy or something. Of course, man, you were. We heard about you all the way back home. But you know, I just kept at then that then is when I was like, man, I think I want to be, I really want to take this serious. And I, I kind of just really got serious, more serious about the drums. And you know, and I look at my son and my nephew, and you know, it, it just bring me back because that's how I was, how they are right yeah. now. Like it's, it's just drums for them too. Like yes. they be on the phone playing, <laughs> playing YouTube. Yeah. While they, while they playing 2k. Yeah. Wow. You know, they just, it's just, it's in them. It's in them, man. So, yeah. you know, and, and it's, and I'm loving it because, you know, when I was coming up, I ain't had nobody. I was like the only cat, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like, I was I didn't have no other cousins at the time. I'm like the oldest. Yeah. On both sides of my family. Yeah. I'm like the oldest grandchild. Right. And uh so for a while I was by myself. I ain't I ain't even <laughs> had my brothers. It was just <laughs> you know, so I was just kind of a loner doing my thing and that made you grow up fast though, hanging with the adults. You know what I mean? It it made you it develop was, a lot faster. And when I when I got a little when I got a little older, that's when Ivan started yeah. taking me with him and talk about me. that, man. Please, please talk <laughs> about the influence of Uncle IP. Big Unc. Yeah, rest in peace, man. The GOAT, but, uh, man. See, Ivan is the baby of my dad's siblings. Yeah. Ivan is the last child. Yeah. So when my dad got married, Ivan was still a kid. Wow. When Pops got married to my yeah, mom. Yeah, right. And, and uh, so when I, you know, when I came along, Ivan was like my big, he was like my brother. He was yeah. my big brother. Right. Even though he was my uncle. Right. So that was kind of our relationship. We were like, Big brother, little brother. Yeah. And uh, when I got older, when I became a teenager, and started smelling myself. And <laughs> you know, you know how we do. We, we get teenagers and think we we know something. Mm -hmm. And I've been used to just you know, he'd come get me. Hey, I heard you was over at so and so. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing that no more unless you with me. And you know, he just <laughs> yeah. kept me with him all the time. Like, you know. My dad used to be like, hey, you going to that musical, take Doobie with you. 
Yeah. You know, and he be mad because I'm like cramping. <laughs> you you messing know, up he his gonna, thing. He ain't going to be able to go do nothing after the musical. <laughs> but, you know, he had to take me because Big Brother said you got you to yeah. take your nephew. Right. So, you know, but that formed us just having a, a bond and we was together all the time. Like, you know, especially when I got older and graduated and he just, I was just around him. And then, you know, he was out with John and John mm-hmm. needed a drummer because yeah. Liddell quit. Mm-hmm. Liddell Abrams quit. And uh, John needed a drummer. And he didn't waste no time. He called me. Mm. You know, he could have got anybody else he wanted, but he yeah. called me, which allowed me to be with John for a while. And then, yeah. you know, he left John and started playing playing with Karen. Yep. And it was crazy. It was like I was following Liddell for a while because Liddell yeah. was playing. No, was left to go do that gig. And then he left Karen and she needed drummers. Wow. So he called me. Actually, first, I take that back. I was playing keys, but like I was playing aux and organ. Yeah. First. Right. And then um, they called me to start playing drums. He called me to start playing drums with her. Yeah. And then she wanted to start using J. Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes I would be on the gig just in case. Yeah, he wasn't right. Okay, early <laughs> yeah. on, right? Yeah, but he was he was little kid then. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. You know, that ain't the pride. That ain't the case now. No, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but yeah, but back then he wasn't even really playing. Like he was just starting to really yeah. get in, get at it. Yeah, and but she wanted to start using him. You know, it's her son. So, you know, but he brought me along for that ride for a while. Like he, you know, just doing stuff he didn't really have to do, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, we was just like, we were like brothers, man. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's pretty much. That's big uncle. Man. It was. The coldest man. And the and nicest he's... guy too. And he was a good basketball player out here. He was dope. In ba- oh. <laughs> yeah. If he didn't get hurt. Yeah. If he, if he didn't get hurt in college, he would have been in the NBA. Wow. That's amazing. Which is why I'm I'm so mad that they don't like to pay college. Yeah. Kids. Now they do. Now they do now. Yeah, they do now. But yeah. you know, it was like a a, a bad thing for them mm-hmm. to want to play a college kid. Like he's killing himself before yeah. he can even get to the NBA. Get to the money, yeah. You know, yeah. but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he got hurt, and and you know the the injury he had. You know, now if he had, if somebody had that injury now, it wouldn't even be that bad because they yeah. got so much, you know. But back then, yeah, you know, uh, a ligament in the knee, they ain't know what that was. They no. was, you know. Straight so, x-rays, that's it. Yeah, so he was very good, man. He went to Maryland. He was there when, when Lynn Bias was there. Wow. He was with Lynn Bias. Whoa. And uh, he got... Uh, full ride to Maryland. Wow. He had a choice of any college in the country yeah. he wanted to go to. He chose Maryland. And uh, the coach that, you know, encouraged him to go there mm-hmm. um, ended up getting fired 
because of the all the Lim Bias stuff. Yeah, you know, I guess because he knew Lim Bias was kind of right doing the thing. <laughs> doing so, the thing. <laughs> so he got he got fired because yeah. of that, and then the coach they brought in didn't really play Ivan because yeah. he didn't know he he had nothing to do with Ivan coming there. Got you, got you. So it was a it was a hard road. I mean, like even my dad and my grandfather and them, they went down there to to, to wow. have a, a fuss with the coach because yeah, like, hey, man, you ain't playing them. Like, what you got him here for? You know that yeah, type of stuff. That type but, of stuff. Uh, but Ivan was there's some highlight reels. Trust yeah. me. He, oh, wow. he was he, he was, was that guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm thankful that he left that rich mu- musical legacy, man, because. Uh, what's Kevin called him? The Lord of Chords. <laughs> <laughs> he is the drop king, some, man. He got some chords. You know that's on YouTube. I like this though. <laughs> <laughs> You need to stop that. You need to stop that. <laughs> yeah, that was a straight. Really do be Kevin. I'm sending this to all of y'all. Yeah, he was the one dropping. Wasn't even a thing, really. I don't right. think until he really, till he got at it. Yeah, no, he's he's a legend. I talked to somebody today; they they were mentioning their musical heroes, and IP was on that list. So forever goaded, man. Forever, always kind, always nice, always showing love. Um, what up, Chip? <laughs> <laughs> Big Uncle loves you, man. Come give me a hug. You know what I mean? Like just, yep. just love, man. So, um, salute to his memory, man. What, yes, do these people, what do these people mean to you, ASAP Ward? Big brother. Yeah. Even though he ain't that much older than me. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's that's my guy, man. He he he's part of my history for sure. Yeah. Pastor John Key. Big Unk. He's yeah. he helped me. I learned how to work the stage mm. watching him. Okay. You know, and this is like before he started sitting down playing. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, it was like amazement. Even when I was playing for him, it was just like, man, this guy, he's, he's in such command, mm-hmm. you know, and that was impressive to me. Right. And, you know, so yeah, big on. Yes, sir. The Williams singers. <laughs> my brother's from another mother yeah you yeah, guys have great boys. chemistry together yeah man them boys them boys is they are amazing man and and it's like sometimes they so amazing i don't even think they realize it yeah you know they have so much skill and there's so much more than the quartet okay which yeah. is what which is what's amazing to me yeah so I'm just glad that I'm a part of, you know, people even knowing somewhat who they are because of 
what I do. Yeah. And I'm not taking the credit for him. I'm just saying, like, it was one of my missions to make sure other people other than Quartet hear about them. Yeah, that's dope. You know, because it's like these cats ain't just Quartet, man. Like, they They get busy, yeah. They something else. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, What about your, your mom? What does your mom mean to you? Pastor Jackie. Queen. Yeah. Strong. Right. She one of the strongest people I know, man. Yeah. You know, just the fact of how, you know, and my mom gets super credit for for us. Yeah. You know? And a lot of people don't know she got, my mom got a musical gene in her too. Absolutely. I mean, she used to even play keys. She don't do it no more. That's amazing. But, you know, my mom, she got a degree in all that stuff. Yeah. You know? She know how to read. I didn't even know how to. Read. I don't know. I don't know how to read. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, but she was. My mom is so strong, man. Just yeah. how she even, you know, I watched her go through cancer, and you know, she beat that, and then just, you know, dealing with losing my pops, and yeah, you know, <clears throat> just she went right on through, man, and yeah, just I gotta, I gotta do this because. They count on me. Father, your father, yeah. what he wanted. Right. Wow. You know, so strong, man. You know, yeah. strong woman. Yes, sir. I pray God send me somebody like that one of these days. I feel you, bro. I feel you. Your blessings on the way. My God. <laughs> um, how do you prepare for a show? You, you, you're the king of uh, touring. You're always on the go. Um, how do you prepare? Like, what's your vocal rest like? Do you need a certain amount of sleep? How does that work for you? Um, because you don't sleep. They don't know that you're half vampire. <laughs> with all this, so, with all this talk, you're half vampire. You know what though? It's it's a new day, man. I be going to sleep. <laughs> wow. I'm getting old. I'm getting okay. older, man. I, you know, I gotta I gotta go to sleep. You know, but when I got something to do, you yeah. know, I'll be up. You know, yeah. but but uh, when I how do I pre- pre- prepare for a show? I think for one, it depends on the show. Mm-hmm. It depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, you know, because I don't, you know, I haven't, you know, done no like church concerts or anything like that, and I can't even tell you when. Right. But I'm usually in a venue or. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, but um, usually it just depends on the show. Yeah. And if I ain't, <clears throat> if I don't got my the crew I rock with all the time, and if I got to use some other musicians, that's kind of when I go into, you know, su- su- uh, super preparation. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> it's it's hard for me. When I, you know, sometimes people book me and they be like, we got a house band. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, and to, for me, it would be different if I was just some singer. Yeah, of course. But for me, I'm I'm the, I'm the musician, yeah. singer. Um, I see the whole picture. So it's like, 
now I got to focus. Yep. It takes you away. Them yeah. playing. It take me out of what I'm actually there. Right. If yeah. I don't got people that understand. So, you know, if I got to deal with that, then I got to get in there early. I got to get in there a day before, have a rehearsal, mm-hmm. make sure y'all know this music. Right. You know, versus I come in, go to sleep, get up, do sound check, and then yeah. do the gig. Well, you got if I gig. got my crew. Right, 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 right. Uh, but <clears throat> I'm usually just, I prepare for the sh- for whatever the gig is. You know? Got you. That's how I prepare. And lately, man, I'm in this mode where I don't even want tracks mm. or backing tracks or stems and all that. I just yeah. want to play. Yeah. Because, it- you know, it takes you out. It locks you in. If you ain't doing the format, yeah. sometimes it's cool when I got to do a show where I'm timed or, you know right. what I'm saying? But if it's just me, like on a show, yeah. I, I kind of want to just go in and, and be free. This be my dad. That's one thing I learned from my dad. He was very spontaneous. Okay. You know, he could start a song a whole way in like we won't even know what the song is <laughs> until he get to where it's time to come in. Wow. You know, because he just vibing. He just yeah. feeling the moment. It's like and and I adapted that from him like that it it makes music so much more, you know, appreciated. Yeah. Do you think it cripples to... us? Do you think the stems cripple us? I think it cripples us when when you're using it when you don't have to. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because mm-hmm. you know some some situations is needed. Yeah. But a lot of times we we use the stems to cover up the lack thereof. Yeah, pretty you much know. so. And because I can't sing the background vocals and sing the lead. Yeah, <laughs> right. I need some stems, but, you know, I I would rather go without stems if I ain't got, yeah. if I got the, the right people behind me. Do you remember I, when you went to Detroit? <laughs> you had about 17 musicians. When we did the concert, at- oh, that little <laughs> when Leon Lacey was there, he had the orchestra and all that. Yes, and we were there, and you had—I mean, now we all used to roll like that. Like my youth praise days, we have five keyboard players, a percussionist, mm-hmm. bass player, like so. That was the way. I mean, it got expensive. I think after nine eleven, when you couldn't fly, you know, with all that stuff and like mm-hmm. changed, everybody was like, "Nah." So it was going to be organ, bass, and drums, and maybe no, not even guitar. And then that's yep. when the, some eighteen eighty started coming out. And, I sure uh, <laughs> have one. I sure, I still got mine. Yeah, <clears throat> and I don't use we, it, but I still got it. We used to roll with those hard disk recorders, and then everybody started moving to laptops and all that stuff. So it, I remember the shift. But you're right; mm-hmm. it, it did feel better with the the pure music. But I think finances and uh, promoters didn't want to pay as much anymore, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that and that changed. And then we had to adapt. You know, and then it just, it was just the thing to do. Yeah, of you course. Know, yeah. It was the thing, it just became the thing to do, to, to have stems and to, to have a show. Sequence you know, music, yeah. And I really wasn't, I really wasn't on it like that. I just That wasn't your thing. Nah, that wasn't, that wasn't you. 
I did it because that was that was the move, and then a lot of times it was just me, Billy, and Kevin. Yeah, you know, so it was like I'm I'm gonna have this just to kind of fill it up a little mm-hmm. bit, right? <clears throat> but then the track go out, and we end up playing <laughs> vamping on your own. Yeah. You know, we end up playing without it anyway. So right, you know, I don't I don't like being. You confined, know, yeah, yeah, confined, man, because right. you know, it kind of take away from the artisticness, you know, yeah, of, of what you're trying to do. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, I can go either way, but my my thing now is just kind of let's play for real. Okay, so you being a music purist, right, coming from the lineage of your dad and uncle IP, um, how do you feel about church and the way it curved? We went from chords and progressions and changes and bass lines and all the colorful things that made our music special as black gospel. And then now we've changed and now we're making other music that doesn't sound like it used to sound in the seventies and eighties and early nineties. How do you feel about that? Man. I, I try not to feel about it because I get upset. Yeah. (laughs) To be be honest, man. Right. I can't take this. I call it BCM. (laughs) What does that stand for? Black Christian (laughs) music. (laughs) Black Caucasian music. (laughs) It's bad, man. But see, all the ones that's doing it or hear what I'm saying and try to come for me. Nah, they won't. It's true. I've seen it done. All of them, all of them do it. I've seen it. They'll get on the internet and and try to defend what they're doing. And, and, you know, in in actuality, like, come on, man. Y'all not, you can't just tell me this is how you write. Yeah, right. No. This is not how you write. This ain't even <laughs> this ain't even your your it's, life. Right. Mm, your life. Cuz right. your life allows you to write. Yeah. But you're not writing this from your life. You're writing this from a sense of this is what the world wants right now. Wow. Yeah. Very true, bro. You know, and and they're not going to be honest about that. I ain't gonna name names, but it's a whole bunch of them out there that yeah. I didn't watch come before me and after me. Yeah. And they wasn't they wasn't sounding like that. Mm. They wasn't writing music like that. But because the powers that be say this is what we wanna this is what we wanna sell and this yeah. is what we wanna pay for. Right. This is what we wanna put our efforts into. Mm-hmm. This is now all of a sudden now we got praise and worship groups. Yeah. We don't got choirs no more. We got yeah we got praise teams mm-hmm. for artists. Yeah. You know, but where did that come from? That didn't come from us. No. Who was doing praise and worship? It wasn't the black folk. No. It was a it was an effort to get the multicultural aspect of it. It was the Zuza yeah. platform. It was all that stuff that we saw. Heavy West that, Coast and the mega churches and all that stuff. Yeah, we saw but that. even they got it from the white folk. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I, I ain't hating on the white people. I'm, no. I'm just saying this is, you know, 
this has been happening for years. Yeah. If you go back in history and go back in time, we we wanted our hair like the Caucasians. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We wanted our eyes like the Caucasians. Yeah. We wanted to talk like the Caucasians. You know, this is going back in history because this is this was our our mindset back. You we know, wanted the we carrying, wanted the the validity. We wanted to be yeah, validated. We by wanted it. to validation. Yeah. You know, we want to be. We wanted. We want to live like them because they're living better than us. Yeah. So we want to straighten our hair. We want our hair to be. You're right. Like the like the white. So they put all this gook in our hair. Yeah. And in their hair and try to straighten it and curl it so it'll look slick like a white person. Yeah. You know, this is the stuff we've been doing since back in the day. Right. And it's just carrying over into the music. into the now. Yeah. Now we're we're doing church like them. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're taking their songs. Right. When are we gonna when are we gonna get back to ourselves? Yeah. I don't know if that's ever I don't think happen. we I don't think we will, bro. I think church that we knew will never come back. Nope. I think and I believe I'm in agreement with that statement. Yeah, I think we're too far removed. And churches church has always been a business, but it is even more magnified as a business now. And so, you know, it's entertainment before the mm-hmm. preaching. You know what I mean? Like some of these music departments are like boot camps, the way they run, you know, their the procedure, the timing, the staging, the lighting, the plot. Like it's it's crazy. I, I didn't know that until I moved down here and I saw, you know, how the switch was. I you know, I left I left at a pretty large church when I left here, left Connecticut, and it was mm-hmm. it was it was nice, it was organized, but it was nowhere near as militant as these churches down here are. And so it just made me realize like, yo, this is crazy. Like the way they do things and the way they, they, they look at it. So I don't think the way we knew church will ever come back, bro. I think it's just where we are. And I mean, the sound, the sound, I just missed the sound, you know, I, I missed the spontaneity, like you said, um, and we'll never get that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately it's, it's the truth. The chords, man, like the, the music, you know, the Thomas Whitfield, and I know we sound like the old heads, but like that stuff was just legendary. Your father, like, I, I remember seeing you getting credit for "I Will Go in Jesus' Name" when you when your dad remade that song, and y'all put that out, and it was the dopest, funkiest thing we had ever heard, bro. Because, and then then it says co-produced Doobie Powell. We were like, <laughs> his father put him on. Oh my god! Like we were just reading the credits. Like it was amazing to us, and it was just cutting edge music. So much so that everybody would listen to it, practice to it, and then we were playing it for offering. You get what I'm saying? Like it was inspiring. Music is supposed to inspire, and I, I'm not too inspired by this music we hear now. No. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's not. You know, I don't hate on nobody, but you know, when people ask me my opinion. I just gotta, I gotta <laughs> be honest. Right. And you know, what I'm saying, like I told somebody the other day, they was like, "Do you know this song?" Do you know it? I was like, man, I don't know none of these new Christian worships. I don't know none of this stuff. None of this praise and worship stuff. My my brother Kevin, that's his that's his area. Yeah. He he loves praise and worship. He does praise and worship at the church. 
you know, I don't know if they was relying on me to to, to uh play some of them songs. I said, y'all gonna be lost. I don't know them. You know, I just that's just I'm not I'm not on that on that level on that yeah. playing field. You know, like I I want to do some real stuff, and yeah. I think we should be able to do that in church. Yeah, you know, so. It is what it is. It is what it is. So, bro, you were a prodigy, right? Eight years old, gigging, traveling with your dad. Teenager, blowing up the coast, traveling all over the place. Uncle IP at your hip. Then you move into, you know, your own yourself as an individual. When did you make the switch? Because I just remember, I remember you being, I was, you probably like 22, 21, 22, when I first saw you on the keys. And I, <laughs> when did you make that switch? Well, I want to say I got to bring it all the way back. Okay. So, I, you know how we are as musicians. Like, we grew up in church. We we may be a drummer, but after church, we go jump on the piano. Right, right, right. You know, until it's time to go home. Mm-hmm. So I always fooled around with the keys a little bit, but I was never really a keyboard player. But it right. wasn't until it wasn't until I want to say I was about 15 or 16 maybe. Wow. Uh it, Corey Henry's mother brought him to our church. We had like a Sunday night musical or something. Yeah. This at the old church. Yeah. On Holy Trinity. Worcester. Worcester yes, Holy Trinity. And um, Corey Henry mother, she brought this little two and a half year old and asked, could he play? Yeah. Let him, i never forget this, mm-hmm. but as long as I live. And I was on drums, naturally. We was, it was at the church. Mm-hmm. And he got on the organ. Now, this little Negro couldn't even sit on the organ bench. Yeah. He was leaning on the organ bench. His mother placed him, you know, in between the organ and the bench. And when she said, okay, Corey, and this little boy started (laughs) playing the organ and was looking at me like, yeah, come on. on the drums and I was just like this is not really happening like <laughs> he running bass lines yo in the Leslie was, switch he knew the organ draw bars settings knew, I mean yo I was I was in such amazement yeah and then they had like some preachers there and was like 
tune it up purposely yeah. for him to back them up. Yeah. And he was backing these folk up, and, and one guy messed around and said, take me to A-flat. And this boy went to A-flat, and I lost out. Yo. Like, <laughs> I was like, this don't make no sense. Yeah. And I was bumped for, but the point I'm trying to make is from that moment. Yeah. Is what inspired he, me. He changed my life. Wow. And he was only three years old. Yeah. He changed my life to the point where I was like, if he could do it, yeah. I know I, I can do it if I put my mind to it. So I got the tape from that night. Wow. And I played that tape until it disintegrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we was bumping, we was shouting, I was yeah. playing with him. He was he was he was the one playing. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And I listened to that tape and I was just like, it was such an encouragement to me. Right. You know, now I don't play nowhere near Corey Henry. <laughs> you know, I don't play nowhere near Corey Henry then. But he it was such <clears throat> of an encouragement to me that it, it made me take the keyboard seriously. Yeah. So I was in the, you know, I was in the shed. I was in the cut playing, mm -hmm. you know, in the studio, working on music, you know, but I didn't really start playing out publicly until Ivan left. Mm. When John moved, John Key moved Ivan to Charlotte. Yeah. Is when you know, my dad, one Sunday night, he was, you know, he was up and, you know, he say something and then the church get happy and, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they start shouting. And I was on the drums, so I was just playing shout music, just playing the shout music. And he walked over to the drums while they was in mid-shout. He walked yeah. over to the drums and said, get up. And I was like... You know, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, he was like, stop playing. And I stopped and then he said, go get on the organ. Whoa. And I was like, this cat is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I was thinking in my head. And he was like, hey, go get on the organ. <laughs> and so I got on the organ and Billy was like, yes. Yeah. And he jumped on the drums. And <laughs> But all I knew how to play was the the shouting bass line. Yeah. So it's just do 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 do. That's all I played. Wow. And then when the church looked and realized it was me, they was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's a miracle. This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that moment that made me like, okay, now if he gonna be making me play, I gotta actually learn learn what I'm doing and you know yeah. from that moment I was just in the shed I was in the church I had the church key I yeah. was in the church by myself yes, I, was, sir. I was like a trustee I was there when they, <laughs> it was time to open the church. I was I was there before anybody else was there just yeah after Sunday service and back then we had night service so talk about it man put that work in man these kids don't know so after Sunday service I go down the street get something to eat come right back, start yeah. practicing. So if they testimony service, they not going to catch me knowing, not knowing this song, yeah. you know, that's just, you know, that was, that was my grind, man. Yeah. And, and then by the time, 
you know, I I just kind of stayed with it. And it was like, all of a sudden, I'm not really playing drums that much. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so, you know, but I was like home in the studio and that was my prayer. And this is, this is the other thing. Sometimes I want to say this, sometimes God will give you more than you ask for. Wow. Yeah. You know, because my prayer to God was, let me be able to play enough so I can make music. Cause that I just wanted to be a producer. Yeah. That was my dream. That was yeah. my heart's desire. I wanted to produce music. I wanted to, I wanted to be like Teddy Riley, and I wanted yeah. to be like my pops and George Duke. I wanted to be able to yeah. produce music and produce other people. Right. And and um, t- uh, Teddy Riley and Ch- and Chucky Booker was like some of the people. You know I. I idolized growing right. up because you know they was doing what I wanted to do, especially yeah. Chuck Booker. Absolutely, yeah. and and uh, <clears throat> so God just kind of cultivated my gift and made it, and gave me, you know, even more than what I asked for, what I prayed for. Yeah, you know, so I I ended up really just playing more, playing mm-hmm. more keys and. And um, you know, my 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 mindset was, I don't want to be the guy in the background. Mm-hmm. Like playing for other artists was cool. Yeah, like it was cool playing for John and other people that I played for. But I was like, I want to be the guy out front. Yeah, I want to be the person that people playing for. I don't want to be. Yeah, you know. Cause I know my mindset was more than that. Right. You know, some people, they cool with just being that and ain't nothing wrong with that. No. You know, but for me, it was just like, I'm seeing it different. Um, you know, my mindset is different when it comes to this, you wow. know, and I felt like I should have been, I want to eventually be where they are. Yeah. You know, so. Now was the singing always present? Were you always singing for as a child? Um, it was in me, but I didn't take singing seriously till I was like a teenager. Wow. Cause you know, the girls liked it. <laughs> right. Once I saw that the girls liked it and it was like, okay, this, <laughs> this my this. way, this my way in. <laughs> <laughs> they used to call me up. They used to call me up. Hubert, can you sing? Can you sing? You are so beautiful for her, for my friend. <laughs> sure I thing. sing it, you know. All right, cool. I sing it, you know. But <laughs> I started taking it serious, even though that was what really got me into singing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I started really taking it seriously, and, and I started demoing my music. Wow. Because I never really wanted to be an artist at first. It was more so I just wanted to you know, produce and, mm-hmm. you know, MD and yeah. put shows together and all of that. But I was demoing my music, mm-hmm. you know, to send the other artists or to send the, you know, whoever. Yeah. And they was like, man, you should put this out for yourself. <laughs> this is dope. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you, this a demo? 
like, yeah, I just, you know, I just sung it just so you can understand the song. And it was like, nah, man, like, you know, then my dad heard some of my stuff and he was like, hey, you need to, you need to make an album. Yeah. And I was like, you know, so then I kind of started wrapping my head around it. So, you know, I started working on it, but it wasn't until I lost Ebb yeah. that really made me focus on, you know, releasing my first yeah. uh my first project. That was the offspring, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That was it says yeah. the year two thousand. Was that really the year two thousand it came out? Mm-hmm. I was yeah. there. I was there. Yeah. yeah. My God. Um, rest in peace, Ebony. Yes, sir. Yeah, rest in peace, Ev. A- my first, my first love. Yes, sir. I remember y'all cute and all in love. <laughs> coming <laughs> you coming down to Bridgeport at Moles Church for Youth Week. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Raven. Raven did it. She was she introduced y'all. Raven Gray, yeah. Wow, shout out Ray. What up, Ray? Yeah. Raven is the reason. That's why amazing. I even met Ebony. That's cool. That makes sense though. <laughs> Good stuff, man. So let's take it to. Uh, you've done a million sessions. What was your favorite live session? Yours or somebody else's? It's something that you were part of. Uh, well, I always love my sessions, but I wanna. I'm. I'm gonna say. Twinkie Clark live in Detroit. That was cold. And, and reason why I say that, mm-hmm. because you know it wasn't no. You know the the music was kind of simple, you know, mm-hmm. for for what we were doing. Not that Twinkie is simple. I don't right, know, and that I'm just saying the music, yeah, was very churchy, mm-hmm. in a sense. But the camaraderie that I had with the fellas during that session, and then one of my one of my all time greats, Joel Smith. Wow, rest in peace. It was it was my dream to actually do one of my dreams to actually do a session wow. with him. Yeah, you know, because I used to always see, uh, you know, Jeff Davis and rest yeah. in peace, Jeff Davis, and, yes, and see Nat Townsley and different ones getting to play with him. Right, and and I was like, man, I grew up listening to this cat. I I gotta I gotta. Yeah. Get on a session with him. Mm-hmm. And, and now by this time, I had already did some records with him, but it wasn't live. Like when we cut Kim Burrell's record, when we cut Everlasting Life, that was in the studio. And right. none of us, none of us was in the room together. Wow. You Jeez. know, it was like I came in, cut my drums. I was there for like a week. And then I left and Johnny came in, Jeez. you know. Then Joel came in. It, it was it was pieced together like that. Yeah. Um, it was the, you know, sending files before sending files. Sending files but it right. was sending the musician. Step recording, <laughs> yeah. He had to actually go and, and record it. But 
Um, but I did, like, I did that with him. I did uh, Milton Brunson with him. Wow. Um, but none of that was live. No, I was by myself cutting drums. We just yeah. was on the record together. Right. But with Twinkie Clark, we spent the whole week together rehearsing and eating and going out. And, you know, it was just amazing to sit with him, man, and just talk. And we wasn't rehearsing. And and uh, and then he even got on, on my drums and was playing. It, it, was, it was weird because, like, all the musicians that did that session, like Eddie Brown, mm-hmm. uh, Keith Newton, Johnny DeVos, yeah, we all can play other instruments. Yeah. So one day in rehearsal, we all just switched instruments. <laughs> it was crazy. Like Eddie Brown got on the guitar because he's really dope on guitar. Joel Smith got on on the drums. Keith Newton is a dope bass player even yeah. though he was there to play organ. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> right. You know, then I got on the keys. It was just amazing, like, just the, the hang. Yeah. Johnny, you know, then Johnny DeBose got on the bass. And yeah. Wow. It was it was, it was was super dope just hanging and, and spending time and then learning the music. And yeah. me, Lincoln, I think the greatest part of it, because I've been with, Johnny, he's we've done sessions together, millions, you know. But having Joe Smith sit next to me and we lock it, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. was that was that was priceless to me. Yeah, that was so priceless to me. So I'll I'll probably put that session up there as one of my top top sessions that I've ever done. I got a clip for you. Here you go. <laughs> you can receive just ask in his name. Just ask in his name. I had it on loop. Shoot, I got wow. to go. Man, Doobie, that was incredible. First of all, it changed our lives to hear that approach. And then just the, the placement, like, were you playing to a loop or that was straight up? Nope, no loop. Just uh, we had a we had a click going. Oh, metronome? But yeah, we had a metronome, but there was no, we decided, Alex was like, hey, let's do this. Let's do this session without no loops or no, no wow. stems. Wow. And we was like, hey, we we playing any we players. So yeah. let's go. Let's go. 
So yeah, there was no, there's no loops nowhere on that record. It's just That's amazing. It's me. That's incredible, bro. Great job, man. Timeless record with with Twinkie and and the whole crew, man. Thank you for sharing that story, bro. Oh, I know, I know. That was amazing. But guess what? We'll be back next week for part two with the legend Doobie Powell on the In the Pocket podcast. Episode 14, part two, will air December 20th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Spread the word and tell a friend. Like, share, and repost this. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for your support and continue to stay in the pocket.